penis. Welcome to episode number 28 of the Crossing Borders Wrestling Podcast, the go-home show for WrestleMania. My name's Strenuous Man Flurry, joined as always by my usual cohort, writer Kath. And how you doing today, Kath, here on the eve of WrestleMania? Not too bad. Uh, got a lot of boring paperwork done. Got ready to file my taxes and uh, also cleaned up from the remnants of a leaky pipe in my house. A busy day. Oh, for sure, but productive. Not the most glamorous day ever, but I'm capping it off on a high note by uh, participating in this kick-ass podcast. The best one on the internet. Yeah. With that's I think I that's saying. pretty much an understatement. Yeah, I mean, it is, but it's not only yeah. that. It is that, but it is more yeah. than that. So uh, this week, we have a lot to talk about. WrestleMania's coming up. There's a ton of indie events, WWN events. We'll be discussing the concept of parody booking. It is very much maligned in recent years, but uh, it does have its place. We'll talk about that. We'll go into a bit of a discussion about the Divas rebranding, and as always, we'll talk about uh, Raw and Lucha Underground. I'm actually very impressed here because you don't have my notes, and this is our second take at the opening when we dropped audio right at the beginning, and you remembered literally every topic that we're going to talk about. Hot so damn. that is a steel trap mine there, folks. Hashtag professional. Very professional. <laughs> Let me ask you this, professional. Right on. Sunday, today's Thursday we record this, Sunday, WrestleMania will be upon us, and of course we're going to have two more days of just tons of indie wrestling, as you noted it, and there's an NXT show. Mm -hmm. And your hype level, because this is, of course, a hype show yeah. for WrestleMania, your hype level for the granddaddy of them all, the most watched WrestleMania in history, possibly, the most attended WrestleMania in history, definitely. How are you feeling about this? Um, I'm curious about a lot of the matches, and it's weird to say that, but I think curious is the... The verb I would, or adjective I would choose. Yes. So Look at the adjective, play. Shut up. And so, I'm curious to see how stuff turns out. There's a couple of matches I'm genuinely looking forward to. But the irony is, like, SummerSlam will probably get more hype just for all the people coming back. So. Uh, as far as Seth and... Cesaro and uh, Luke Harper, Cena... So, I imagine SummerSlam will get a lot of hype, but I don't think it will get more than Wrestle no. Fucking Mania. No, but they do seem like they're kind of building SummerSlam towards that level. Not obviously, they'll never have like a SummerSlam week like they do with live events and right that sort of thing. But they they have tried to make it more of a bigger deal. Yeah, they they've done a good job with it over at Barclays with the three day deal that they do the NXT show, the Raw the day after. Yeah. And I imagine they'll do that again, but that's neither here nor there because we've got WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a couple of the matches. Uh, I'm curious about the crowd, but so we'll see. Yeah, we. I guess you know that's one of the things, and we touched on it I think last week, and you know we'll talk about the uh, go home show in a bit, um, which I think you're kind of indicating was not so good. Oh my god! I believe my exact comment was that it didn't feel like the go home show for this coming episode of SmackDown. <laughs> so before we get into that, yeah, you know, it, WrestleMania, the quality of the show is almost always independent of the hype going into it. Yeah. You, 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 uh, not that it's always opposite, 
but it's generally speaking a crapshoot because you'll have good hype leading into WrestleMania and a bad WrestleMania. You'll have awful hype leading into WrestleMania, and you'll have a good WrestleMania, and you'll sometimes have good that leads to good, bad that leads to bad. But I look at this card, and I see all the matches, and I don't see a blowaway show, mm-hmm. but I do see a very, very good show. Yeah. I mean, they've got a level of talent now that the matches are going to be good to great regardless. Mm-hmm. But I think the writing has been so preoccupied with trying to get reigns over with the crowds that they've kind of let everything else slide. Uh, I I mean, I feel like Brock Lesnar, Dean Ambrose yeah. is, you know, has been booked all right. Yeah, that's been quite a lot of fun. Even this uh, this coming promo, like the one they had on Raw, was pretty entertaining. Uh, beyond that, like it's Heyman giving promos and Ambrose and Lesnar beating the crap out of each other. So yeah, it's be very difficult to screw that up. So you know what? Let's just talk about the. Uh, let's do our predictions here and just kind of general thoughts. Yeah. On the top matches first, and then we'll go back down through the other ones, but. Um, not starting right at the very top, but Shane McMahon Undertaker, and there had been some talk about this going on last. I don't see it happening, but maybe it will. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've made it so ambiguous because they're basically both faces. Right. And so it's really hard to choose who you're supposed to root for, and I think that would it would be a mistake to put it on last because of that ambiguity. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously the stakes, there are stakes here. Yeah. But WWE has, you know, they've undermined their own, what match stipulations even mean. Yeah. Forever. So, I don't know if you really have to end with it. Obviously, control of Raw and versus Undertaker never appearing at Mania again. But control of Raw is a big storyline thread, and I'm curious to see where it goes. And my presumption is Vince will help Shane, and then they will rule Raw together. But then I say that, and I just don't see Undertaker taking a loss, you know? Yeah, it's... I don't know if they'd go for some kind of uh, wackadoo <clears throat> double finish, or... Well, but that's kind of what I, why I say that is, yeah, double finish, no way. They Maybe they will, that just, no way. Yeah, right? I mean, you can't end WrestleMania... Yeah, you can't end WrestleMania on something with an with a uh, an unclear finish. Yeah, double pin. Yeah, the crowd would just not be happy. Especially if they've had to deal with Roman Reigns. They yeah. that would just be an absolute wet fart. So they really have to go with they always want to end on a strong note. So they've kind of written themselves into a corner and that control of raw thing, it was fine and then they throw the Taker will get fired, and it's just that makes you want to root against Shane because why? Why do you? Why would I want the Undertaker to lose? Well, this poor guy is old. He needs to retire. Mm-hmm. Body's broken down. I feel bad for him. You know. Yeah. No, but you know, and, and this is kind of going to be tied into the Triple H match because the other question there is: Are they going to do a double turn? Yeah. And if they do, then it would make sense for Triple H as a face to go against Shane and Vince with Roman Reigns, perhaps, as his chosen heel now. I don't see it happening. No, it's 
that's way too that's expecting way too much. Yeah, but here's the thing. The way it's set up, you give Dean a win, then you have your big face. You have Triple H win, so he's the champion face. Eventually you transition into the face Dean Roman feud. Something you can do. Yeah, I don't know if they I don't think they want to go that route. I think they're committed to like top babyface Roman Reigns come hell or high water. I think they have to realize the writing is on the wall. If, if they go through with it without doing a double turn. And you know what? I agree with you. They're probably not. But if they do, I can't not call them fucking dumb. No, like... Because it's never going to work without a turn. Why not at least, like, turn into the wind, you know? Like, you know which way the wind is blowing. There's nothing to say that... You know, a few months down the line, a year down the line, you can't get that big baby face turn. Right. And it would probably have more impact than trying to just cram this round peg into the square hole. Yeah, and you know, he's done everything asked of him. He has tried. He's not the one writing his own storylines. No. The, the, the poor fucker. You know, say what you will about how inept he can be in the media. And say yeah. what you will about him getting rattled on his promos and not being a good ad-libber and all that shit. It's all true. Yeah. But say what you will, he has been the guy that they've wanted to push, and he has tried his best, and he has done everything they told him to do, and he has had great match after great match, and even if the promos haven't always been good, he's not the goddamn one writing them. But you know what? And he's not been the one booking himself with endless Bray Wyatt feuds and Big Show feuds. And, like, constantly beating Dean Ambrose, who everyone likes more, and it makes them resent Roman even more. Mm. He's not the one doing it. They're just fucking him up. And he, like, well, here's my coronation. Another year after the presumptive coronation last year, and they hate me even more. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's one of those things where it it's not the John Cena reaction, really. Not live. Not anymore. Not in a long while. It's just the sheer hatred reaction. Yeah. It's, they're trying, they're trying almost beat for beat to recreate the Daniel Bryan angle with Roman Reigns. And it's not working because it's so patently obvious that he's their guy. And when they have to twist their own logic in and in and around itself to get him back into the title picture after losing, it's really obvious. You know, it's almost like a bad movie where the villain could just shoot the hero in the head at some point and chooses to let him live. Rather than the hero just, you know, escaping through their wits or their ingenuity or the gadgets or whatever... When you have to break your internal logic to get to your point, you've got a bad story. And it's not, it's not Roman winning through grit and determination and being a badass. It's the authority going, ha, you lost your title. You lost yeah. your rematch. Here's another rematch. Yeah, that's really bad. Yeah. It has been uninspired booking and bad writing and booking a guy who could be a top guy the wrong way. Yeah. Because like we've talked about a billion times before, Roman Reigns has something and booked a certain way, he could have something more, mm -hmm. perhaps. 
And maybe he's not the best candidate for the job, and in fact, I think he is not the right candidate for the job. He's not the best one they got, but he's not someone who can't do it. No. It just has to be done deliberately in the right way, and they have done it the wrong way time after time. Yeah. So what can you say? It's just absolutely a shame, because I always think about like a guy like Edge, where he wasn't in the world title picture for a long time. When he went singles, he had quite a long run where he wasn't champion. He wasn't even in contention, but he developed and he got seasoned a lot as a singles performer and really came into his own. And then after that, after he won the title, he was able to kind of stay in that on that level. But Roman just doesn't feel like he's there yet. And to be able to perform without that pressure, too, would probably do him a world of good. True. I, I, I think he is there. Like, literally, all you do is turn him heel, and he's there. Mm-hmm. Especially if he wins, you know, at Mania. Yeah. Like, with help from Vince. I don't think they're going to steer into the win, though. Like, they're... Yeah, we'll see. They're just determined to, like, send a sword, send their swordsman into the ocean and try and beat it. and It's not going to work. So that's singles match for the WWE Championship. Yeah. We also have, uh, we talked about Shane and Undertaker. That is, in fact, inside of Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Shane McMahon on Raw did the big leap of faith elbow mm-hmm. through the table, and it looked like a pretty nasty landing, but he was okay. Yeah. And Taker so sat up. Good. Taker did sit up. Yeah. So we think Shane McMahon, provided he did not break his back right there, might be able to do a couple of the crazy things that he used to do. I mean, nobody's expecting a technical masterpiece, but they're expecting entertainment. Very much like uh, Sting versus Triple H last year. It's yeah. more of a spectacle, and that's fine. Our other support match, Dean Ambrose, Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. No holds barred! That should be fun as absolute get-out. I would not be surprised if this is the best match on the show. Yeah, if they can give it some time and really let these guys go balls to the wall, mm-hmm. then you could have a classic. Yeah. An absolute classic on your hands. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see where it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, as long as they don't just go nine minutes and have a kind of a limp ending, a lot of people are figuring the Wyatts will have something to do, but we can go into that in our lighter segment. Yeah. Um, and then I guess what you would call, I would say this is the uh, the fourth match mm-hmm. from top, the four, one with the fourth most amount of hype, which is better than usual, yeah. better than most years. The Divas Triple Threat, Yeah. Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, Banks, winner gets the title, mm-hmm. or in Charlotte's case, keeps it, and uh, could be a sleeper match. These ones know how to wrestle very well together. Yeah. The crowd will be completely in their favor because it's a smart crowd, and if they don't get fucked on time... You know, if they get a good 15 or so, I think this could really be one of the three or four best matches on Mania. Absolutely. You know, I don't know that it'll, like, to me, Dean and Brock has to be the best match, just because those two guys with no restrictions, with weapons, Mm -hmm. are going to have a good time. Um, Shane McMahon, Undertaker, I mean, this will probably be better than that, but that'll be more of a spectacle, and who knows with Triple H, Roman Reigns, I mean, really, who the fuck knows? Yeah, I mean, they're... So this one could be good! Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, on paper, there's a lot you could get excited about, but there's that nagging voice in the back of your head going, "They're gonna, f- they're gonna screw this up." Yep. 
eight minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of it will be Ric Flair strutting yeah. throughout the ring just for eight mm-hmm. minutes straight, and then he dies. And they stop the match. Rip. That's how it goes sometimes, Kath. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we've got a couple matches. I mean, uh, different... Oh, we haven't done predictions for uh, the last two. Who? I think that Sasha will win. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it seems like it's all building there. I wouldn't be adverse to a Becky win. Me neither. Um, I think it's kind of tailor-made for, like, Becky or Sasha to get pinned, depending. So you mm-hmm. can have that follow-up feud with Charlotte, I never got pinned, yada yada, and then move into other stuff. Yeah, I, I think the smart thing is to have Charlotte get pinned, and then she has the champion's rematch, but the other person has the excuse, you didn't pin me. Yeah, so... Personally. I mean, that's the great thing about a triple threat match. You, there's a lot of stories that can come out of it. Very true. Uh, Triple H, Roman Reigns. Oh my God. Uh, we kind of talked about that one already. That's kind of tough to call. Dean Ambrose, Brock. I mean, I think most people think that either Brock is going to win or the Wyatts will interfere, and that's how Brock loses. Mm-hmm. Worried about the latter scenario, in fact. Yeah, I mean, we've got a whole segment devoted to the worst case scenarios. Yeah. Uh, Shane McMahon Undertaker, we already talked about. Yeah. Don't fucking know. So then we've got the seven-man ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. I'm not I'm not saying this match is going to be bad. No. It's not going to be, but <laughs> I look at the competitors here. Yeah. And it's like most of them are pretty good. Yeah. Well, I'm, three of them are really good. Yeah, it could be a lot of fun. I think they just didn't want another triple threat. Which is yeah. which I can fully understand. And the ladder match is always a lot of fun. It's a great way to start the show, get the crowd hype. Yeah. If anybody ever needed to call out the clear depth issue in WWE right yeah. now, go no further. I mean they I mean in this case they really did get hamstrung by a ton of injuries. Well, not like you had to have it seven men, you could have done six. Yeah. Not saying that, hey, I don't want you to get a Mania payday, yeah. Zack Ryder. You're certainly better than The Miz. I like but, The Miz. And he's in this match, so you'll be sure to like this match. Mm-hmm. Another person you like, AJ Styles, Chris Jericho. Oh, I think that uh, Samuel win. Yeah, that could... They could do it that way for sure. Have Owens be mad that, you know, you didn't pin me, blah, blah, blah. Why not? Well, it's a ladder match, yeah. so... It would be weird if he pinned him. Well, I know, but it's that same scenario, like a triple threat, where the champion can make a case, however however logical it might be. Very true. Uh, AJ Styles, Chris Jericho, I've seen it before, no thank you. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. It's Heath Slater's year. I bet they give it to, to fucking Kane. They could, um... It's gonna be Braun, right? Actually, reports are coming out that Braun's big push is no longer a lock. Yeah? Yeah, so at one point he was con- it was considered, like, fait accompli that he was gonna win the Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. But who knows now? It's, that seems to be very much up in the air, and they've realized that he's not the best wrestler they have. He is just, like, third or fourth. Yeah. 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 What can you say? So, so that field might be a little bit more open, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay. Un- okay. Here are the announced uh, competitors. Let's do this first. Sure. Heath, 
Axel, Rose, Bo Dallas, Big Show Kane, Tyler Breeze, Mark Henry, Jack Swagger, Fandango, Damian Sandow, Darren Young, Connor Victor, Goldust, and R-Truth. There will be more because it's 20 men. Mm -hmm. So there'll probably be some, like, nostalgia ones and surprises and... Yada, yada. So I think someone not on that list will win. I have the biggest nostalgia pop possible. Do you know who's going to win? Sid? Hulk Hogan. No way. Oh, yeah. He's back. No. He's going to throw out Big Show last, just like Cesaro did. Um, I would say it's going to be like either Mark Henry or – I think Mark Henry. I hate to spoil it for everyone, but it's going to be Titus O'Neil. Um, I say Mark Henry, if only for him, because it's – He's so close to retirement at this point that, what the hell? You know, honestly, always a good idea to give a guy an accomplishment they can hype for years. Who's retiring? You know, honestly, though, for the, you know, they try and make these WrestleMania moments mean so much that yeah. why not give one to a guy who has, let's face it, put up with some with writing worse than Roman Reigns has had to endure. Yep. Okay. He has had some good storylines. Yeah, Roman Reigns has never had to, like, bang someone he thought was a lady. And then go, oh no, you're a dude! Never had to have a hand child? Nope. With Mae Young? Yeah, like, Roman Reigns has it easy. <laughs> <laughs> and by all accounts, Mark Henry is super well-liked backstage and, like, the anti-bully where he will just stick up for people to an insane degree. So if you're going to have, if it's going to be kind of a meaningless title, like it pretty much is, then why not give it to a dude who's earned it and whom the crowd, I think would respect enough to, to cheer for. Well, it's going to be Titus. Whatever you say. That's the way they get out of the suspension. They can just be like, it, it was never actually suspended. It's all a big joke. Mm. Taking them off TV for the big surprise, and that way they don't have to own up to their nastiness, mm. pettiness. Yep. And then Titus wins, and he's still bad, and nothing changes. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just throwing it out there, because what if? What if I'm right? Yeah. Uh, and then we've got New Day versus League of Booties. Apparently, three-on-four handicap match. It is not noted as being a championship match. We'll see if that changes. Um, don't care. I would like League of Nations, but... I mean, it's again, it's kind of a meaningless match, so yep. they do need some heels to win here and there, so... Whatever. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got, at least now, pre-show matches. This could change, mm -hmm. but... Callisto Ryback for the U.S. Championship. You might remember last week we talked about this being a main card match, yep. but no more. And Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is no longer a pre-show match. It's a main card. Why not? So Callisto Ryback, don't care. No, uh, I think, I'm assuming Callisto will win just because, why not? Yeah. I mean, you can't really put too many, like, heel wins in the front because it'll deflate the crowd. Maybe. So. You know, I, yeah, I don't know. That would be my line of thought. Yeah. Total Divas versus Team Bad and Blonde. Good God. No, I absolutely do not care. This is your annual put all the women on TV match. Yeah, and I, I'm assuming it got knocked off the main show just because of the 
horrible reaction Eva Marie got? <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe. Did you see that? I saw the reaction, yes. She got booed like she was Roman Reigns. <laughs> they could have thrown Roman in a red wig out there and he would have gotten a better reaction. If only for the crowd being completely baffled. Well, you know, showing a little color. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, don't care. Yeah, it's... Ooh. What a shame. Like, they've got some good talent in that match, but... Name them. Natty. Other than that. Paige? Nobody. If you say so. I, I'm i a big Summer Rae mark, so... Yeah. Summer Rae's fun. Yeah. Summer Rae has that... She puts so much into her character that, like, her... She's not the greatest in the ring, but the character she puts into it makes up for that. Like, I always draw a comparison between her and Maurice, who, where it was very much the same thing. Maurice puts so much effort into being a character in the ring that she wasn't the greatest wrestler, but she was, uh... She was memorable, if only for that. And finally, we have the Usos versus the Dudley Boys. Eh. Um, Usos. Yeah, Usos. Not a big fan of them, but uh, I am not a fan of the Dudleys at all. Yeah, I mean, the Dudleys are fine in this role, where they're just... No. Shut up. Stop doing that. (laughs) The Dudleys are fine. They're putting over a younger act, whatever. I don't blame them for getting a payday. I I mean, I'm not going to blame them. I am going to blame WWE. Eh, uh, they're so starved for tag teams at this point that, yeah. whatever, they've got no choice, and the Dudleys are fine for that. Yeah, WWE's starved for a lot of things right mm-hmm. now. Tag teams, singles acts, heels who are over, faces who don't get booed. <laughs> They're a, a paucity of uh, over-talent these days. Gee, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the worst-case WrestleMania scenarios. That was a fun topic <laughs> you had here. So basically, take a look at the card. The uh, undercard matches don't matter. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to piss off the crowd, have like a lot of heels win, not Kevin Owens, because Kevin Owens has like the crowd's respect. Yep. So, like... Have the even the Miz, I would say, would get a fair amount of booze. Sure. So worst case scenario for that, like have Stardust win the U.S. title. I mean, I don't hate Stardust like a lot of people, but the crowd would not be happy about that. No, they would be very confused. Yeah. So have like a protracted Eva Marie Lana bit in the match. Have them run in spots. Yeah, have them, like, in the ring for a solid eight minutes. Yeah, but and don't have them, like, do the cat fight no. shit that always gets over. Like, have them actually doing intricate spots and reverse Ranas. Mm-hmm. That would actually be pretty entertaining, yeah. when um, I think about it. Let's see, have, uh... They could so easily book the Dean Brock match to suck. Like, you know, have it basically look, like, Due to wide interference, make it look like Dean won on a fluke. Which I think is probably the most likely outcome. I don't know. They've, I, I have some faith that uh, they've established he's this psychopath who just doesn't stay down. And if yep. they keep working with that, 
it's okay if he gets the crap kicked out of him. He still hits hard and still does his thing. But if it's like a protracted squash match and then ends only because the Wyatts helped him, yeah, that's the worst case scenario. That would be like a very specific case of booking. You know what would actually be like the worst? They'd never do this. But they lock up and then Brock schoolboys Dean in the first move and pins him. Yeah. The quick shoot schoolboy. <laughs> And then you have just a five minute or five second match there, and it's over. Yeah, like that would be about the like the eighteen seconds, Dean. Yeah, can you just imagine not like having Brock Lesnar and not le- getting a match where he throws his opponent all around? Yeah, and that'd be awful. And they've established Dean as a guy who can get thrown around and stand up. Yep, and then they stand up, and and Dean put th- puts out his hand, and Brock shakes it, and yeah. Brock says, that was the toughest test of my life, and then they leave. Mm-hmm. Arm in arm. Yep. Shane McMahon Undertaker. The worst case scenario to this match is Shane decides he's going to take a header off of the cage and falls to his death. Well, that's, yes. I mean, that's nightmare scenario. Worst case, I think, would be end of the show, ambiguous ending. <laughs> yeah. Now that would be something. Yeah. And the show Just confusion to end fucking WrestleMania. Yeah, dirty end. Yeah, that would be great. Oh, oh that would God. be so great. Uh, Triple H Roman. Roman clean as a sheet. Yep, Roman clean as a sheet as a face to the most thunderous negative reaction ever. Yeah, could deal with I that. Mean, yeah, damn. Hits a Superman punch. Hits another one. Lines up for the spear. <laughs> gets him you know stephanie gets in the ring to try and protect her husband roman gently moves her out of the way and then spears hunter <laughs> he's like step step away ma'am and like holds the ropes for her and she leaves that would be something else yeah well i guess the worst key the they could have stephanie try and do a promo during the match to make it worse <laughs> but that's about it Stephanie giving running commentary over the house PA system. Yeah. Blaring out through the entire Cowboys arena. Stephanie singing America the Beautiful to start. That'd actually be pretty dope. <laughs> um, trying to think of anything else that would just be really poorly received. I think we got him. Yeah. I think we got the nail on the head there. Uh, let's talk very briefly about the uh, weekend schedule. Yeah. Realistically, this is a short segment. I should have let off with this, huh? Yeah, whatever. Um, Hashtag professional. There is a thread made by yours truly and PSP that has the whole rundown. Uh, WWN is putting on three shows a night. Wait, Friday, wait, wait. Oatgan made a thread? Oh. Am I Oatgan? Mine? Oh, oh, yours truly. Oh. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I made a thread in PSP that uh, runs down the cards. There are three shows on Friday, three shows on Saturday, and then later on Saturday there's an NXT show, and then Sunday, I don't know if there's anything. There might be this thing called WrestleMania. But uh, why you should watch WWNlive.com is the website. Um, Basically they have all the non-Ring of Honor indie uh, guys. They even have Ricochet. Ooh. Appearing on some of the things. Some of you might know him from Lucha Underground, but I won't tell you who he is. Dario Cueto. Um, 
Could be. So the couple uh, big matches, just to run down very briefly, Evolve 58 is Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. in uh, WrestleMania time, mm-hmm. Central. And what they've got, couple big matches. They've got uh, Chris Hero and Tommy End teaming up against Drew Gulak and Tracy Williams. Hero and End and Gulak are all phenomenal. And Zack Sabre Jr. takes on Will Ospreay. Um, they're both incredible wrestlers. Zack Sabre Jr. is actually announced for the Cruiserweight uh, Invitational Tournament in NXT or whatever they're calling that. So that'll be good. He is a very good wrestler. Combat Zone Wrestling is having a show after that at 9 p.m. Eastern. Can't miss that one. Kath, I hope you're watching because Sammy Callahan is reigniting his feud with Bull Dempsey. Oh, dear God. If you remember, Sammy Callahan on NXT TV made his debut, if I'm not mistaken, doing a shitty, like, rope-assisted headbutt to Bull Dempsey. And uh, both, neither of them are with the company anymore. Sammy wanted his release. Bull, uh, Bull Dempsey probably didn't. Nope. But he's terrible. Mm-hmm. And he's there on CZW. And in the main event, Masada and Matt Tremont have a no-rope barbed wire match. You are very excited. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Right on. You've uh, got David Christ versus David Starr. That'll be a good match. You've got Tim Dons versus Joe Gacy. That won't be, and it's not going to be Joe Gacy's fault. Yeah. AR Fox is having an open challenge, so we'll see how that goes. Nice. And we've got uh, some other fun stuff going on. Chuck Taylor will be on that show. Um, he's actually teaming with Gulak. So I like Chuck It'll Taylor. Be, he's a very good wrestler. Mm-hmm. I wish he got more work. Agreed. Kaiju Big Battle is also on Friday. Technically, it'll be 1 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, Kaiju is a silly thing, a, a performance art type thing. Uh, and Kota Ibushi will be there. Ooh. Kota Ibushi will be appearing <laughs> at Kaiju. He's a fan. Excellent. The, the next day, 1 p.m., Saturday, Evolve 59. The big match here, Ricochet versus Will Ospreay. I don't know what to say about that match, other than it might be the best thing all weekend long, if not for Tim Thatcher versus Marty Scroll, which is also on the same show. Right on. So, hell of a fucking match that's going to be. Then we've got Shimmer, Shimmer 80. They're having a championship tournament for a new belt that they are calling, in very Japanese fashion, the Heart of Shimmer Championship. Secondary title, I guess. They've got uh, a bunch of former champions in it, the tag champs in it, people like uh, Heidi Loveless, Lufisto, a bunch of other people. So it's going to be a fun thing. Um, Most of the best uh, North American women wrestlers are in the thing. So cheerleader Melissa, Nicole Matthews, Cherry Bomb, Kimberly, Candice LeRae, uh, Veda Scott, who does not count as one of the best North American women wrestlers, but what can you do? Mm -hmm. But that should also be a good show. And then finally... Finally, the last thing on Saturday is WWN Super Show, Mercury Rising, Days of Future Past. I don't know why they have a billion names or why they're using that one. The main event, I will I will list the entire name of this six-person main event. Are you ready? I am. The six-man tag tradition, t- sorry, the six-man tag team tradition continues. Days of Future Past. Okay. I don't know what that means. Well- the six-man tag. Right on. Johnny Gargano, TJ Perkins, and Kota Abushi team up against Will Ospreay, Tommy End, and Marty Scroll. So that match will be really good, and also TJ Perkins will be there to drag it down. 
Uh, you got Tim Thatcher versus Sammy Callahan. You got Zack Sabre Jr. versus fucking Chris Hero. This is going to be a hell of a show. Absolutely. And then you've got NXT TakeOver Dallas. Shall we talk about that? I believe it's going on at 10 p.m. Yeah. Could be wrong. But are you? I, I don't know if you've uh, been following NXT here. I know you watched a couple shows, but yeah. have you kind of... I'm, I'm kind of keen, but I don't even know if I'm going to watch it, to be honest. I'm going to watch most of the WWN stuff. Yeah. And I'm, I've decided looking here at this card for NXT... But I'm not going to miss this, because we've got Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. That should be fun. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I imagine it'll be fun. <laughs> I hope that match is better than fun. I like fun. There's nothing... Why do you hate fun? I want, I want like, incredible. I want, like, five... This should be the best match all weekend. We'll see. We will see. Um, American Alpha takes on the Revival. American Alpha is Jason Jordan and Chad Gable. Yeah. They... I'm presuming they're going to win the tag titles. They're terrific, so, yes. They're the best tag team. They're one of the best tag teams in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, not sold on the Revival. I know people say one of the guys thinks Scott Dawson's really good, but American Alpha is a level above. Uh, our favorite anti-indie wrestler, Baron Corbin, <laughs> takes on Austin Aries. So, if you're into watching a literal one-foot <laughs> size mismatch, this is the match for you. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Bailey, the women's champion, taking on Asuka in a match that uh, could be Asuka's first loss. Could not be. Or it'll be interesting to see if Asuka goes heel here. Yeah. Worst case scenario, Bailey goes heel. <laughs> yeah, her tube men get painted black. <laughs> and then and finally. Her tube men deflate for her entrance instead. There you go. That, there you go. That would be, that would be kind of hilarious. And then we've got Finn Balor, Samoa Joe in the main event. Seen it a bunch of times. Still, it's never been as good as you expect. So yeah, they don't. don't they know. don't seem to have like great chemistry. Yeah, some people just don't click. Yeah, CM Punk had that with like Jericho. Yeah, you, on yeah. paper you'd think, damn, this will be fun, and then it's like, eh. Yeah, they had negative chemistry. Yeah. AJ and Jericho are, are better together than Punk and Jericho yeah. were, but still, to me, kind of have a little bit of that feeling where you're like, that should have been better. Yeah. Then again, Jericho is like five years older. Mm-hmm. You know? So we went through all that. Yeah. Would you be so kind? Uh, let's hold off Lucha Underground. Tell me a little bit about the go-home show for Raw. I don't want a whole rundown, of course, but just the uh, the big main angles. How did they take us home on the the uh, Undertaker-Shane thing, on the women's match, on the uh, title match? Okay, uh, title match. Numerous authority segments. Good, good. That, those are my favorites. Lots of talking. Lots of Roman talking. There, uh, there was a mid ma- mid show backstage beatdown between Roman and Hunter. Uh, Hunter or Roman was ambushed by the Dudleys and Hunter in the middle of the show. Mm-hmm. Came back and they had a real limp crowd em- or a ro- locker room emptying brawl, and it just felt like nothing. So, it just did. The crowd just was not having any of Reigns. They maybe cheered when he did his dive, but that was about it. That was the closing segment, yeah. right? 
was him doing his big Superman dive. Yeah. And just the crowd was not having any of it. You still suck? Yes. <laughs> I love that. That I, The first time I heard that, and I'm sure it happened before that, but the first time I heard that was uh, Cena's match with RVD at One Night Stand. Mm-hmm. Cena did some sort of crazy move, and everybody popped for it, and then they realized what they were doing, so they chanted, you still suck. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. But, yeah, that is your closing image for WrestleMania, is everyone hell-booing Roman. Yeah. There, there ain't you? nothing they can do, and they didn't even try. Yeah, and the fact that that went off last, to me, means that that match is going on last. Yeah. Um, so, then uh, they had a diva, multi-diva segment where the faces, the total divas, were having a fifth mystery partner. And they were getting beaten down by the heels, not for very long, and they seemed to be doing fine. And then Eva Marie came out to even up the odds. And the crowd reacted with a great deal of hostility. Mm. Incredible hostility. Like, the ladies were going to do a big, you know, raise your hands together segment, and the other divas just stood away from Eva Marie like they would catch the plague. Maybe they would. Maybe she has the plague. Maybe that's why everyone hates her. Well, yeah, it was just... It seemed like they were supposed to do that. The crowd reacted so badly. And the other four women just legitimately backed off. Like, they, nobody looked happy to see Eva Marie. Now, that would be very funny if that's the case. I'll tell yeah. you that. And room, uh, the report, at least Meltzer said, that they were expecting Eva to get, like, a returning face pop. Yeah, which a lot of people are, uh, I don't want to say taking Dave to task for, but seem to be saying that that's clearly not the case um there she's clearly being positioned as a heel i i i didn't watch like so you know it's it. one of those things where they're trying to do that sort of fake out but it's not gonna work because she's already a heel to the crowd that could be and that honestly be. it's like you know what just have her pretend to come out and like leave and that would have been fine <laughs> have it be a handicap match like the other four women are fine it would be better. Is there not another woman on the main roster? And then Eva, when she came out, attacked her bitter and long-storied, most hated rival, Lana. Uh, they have established in uh, over these many years yes. that these Truly two have... The, uh, the Trish versus Lita. I mean, just look at the hair. Almost a Rock Austin level. Yeah. Going right for her. Yeah. So... Let's see, what else was there for the rest of the show? Shane McMahon Undertaker? That opened the show, and that was like, the whole thing went downhill from there. Because Shane did his big dive, put Taker through a table, Shane's backing up the ramp, quite confident, Taker does his sit-up, and Shane's like, oh shit. So, the crowd was very happy for that. That got a This Is Awesome chant. I mean, it sounds like a good segment. Yeah, you could have... It would have been better to end the show with that. Although by that point, the crowd was so hostile. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a multi-man match, which had uh, Owens, Miz, and uh, Zane and Ziggler, and Ryder. Mm-hmm. And the crowd, like, 
they had to work so hard to get the crowd back, and the match ran quite long. It was almost 20 minutes. Huh. It didn't need to be, and they were trying, but the crowd was really poisoned by that point. They were just not having any of it. Yeah. They they were happy for, like, oh, they cared about Owens and Zayn to an extent, but beyond that, it was just a very long match that didn't need to be long. Yeah, I heard it went very, very long. Yeah, it felt but... like it was... It just went forever. They had Ambrose and... Lesnar did a segment where Heyman came out and he's doing his usual promo job. Ambrose came out he had a cart with him, and uh, he just didn't say a word, ignored them, and just went around collecting weapons and left. So about that? I, I kind of like that. You dig it? Yeah, I was all right with it. Okay. It was different. And, it, you know, they've kind of established Ambrose as this really whacked-out, weird dude, so... I would expect him to do some non-standard things. And they are establishing he is going to have weapons galore. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so honestly, that segment didn't bother me. A lot of people kind of mocked Dean's little red wagon with his logo on it, but whatever. <laughs> that is logo on yeah, it. Yeah, it was, it was a little silly, but... That is a little silly. I get what they were going for with it. And it was something different. So I'm okay with that, because... Because to me, it's they've kind of said everything they needed to say with that feud. Yeah. So having this segment, having Heyman do his thing, and then Ambrose come out and do a, do a little something off the wall is fine by me. How about uh, how about the the actual you know uh, main card divas Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha? Uh, they've just been doing I, a lot of trading wins back and forth, and yeah, which is not very inspiring, quite frankly. No, it's. At least it's be- like these women are competing to be the best, yeah. and at the very least, it's not Becky. You're fat. Yeah, absolutely. So I will take like parody booking and trading wins and losses over you're fat or I want your man or we're all crazy. Uh, you would kind of hope that they would, you know, not. <laughs> You, you'd hope it's not an either-or in that scenario, you know, with yeah. that whole scenario. You'd hope that they're able to do something a little more inspired, but I, it is what it is, and at least at Mania, this is probably going to be a match people care about. I'm very much fine with women competing to be the best. Absolutely. It's just the presentation that needs a little help. Yes, but baby steps. I'm happy, I'm really thrilled that it's not based around physical appearance or it, it's I mean I am actually for one I am completely shocked and I think I tweeted about this earlier today I'm shocked absolutely gobsmacked that this feud did not have one instance of lesbian mind games yeah I'm thrilled I am absolutely like, thrilled not once nope they never like the last the the Previous really, really fucking big Mania match between two women, in this case it's three, but, you know, yeah. singles, uh, single belt title feud was Mickey versus Trish. 
And it was a good storyline, don't get me yeah. wrong, for the most part. And it was fun to watch, but it was all around yeah. lesbian mind games. Yes, but the thing with that at least was Mickey was consistently like that with Trish over a long period of time. Absolutely. And and she did it better than any other – Like, and there, look, there have been no end to lesbian mind mm-hmm. game storylines. We've had Sable with Tori. Yeah. We had uh, the, the other Tori with Sable, in fact. Yeah, Dawn Marie. Dawn yeah. With Tori. A lot of Tori, unfortunately, for her. Um, you had Trish and Mickey. You had AJ with Paige. Paige with AJ. Yeah. The first ever mutual lesbian mind game storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, TNA's done it so many times. It's like every woman is... So here you have three people competing to be the best. And maybe this storyline hasn't had any beats that were anything to get super excited mm-hmm. about. You didn't have Sasha Banks during, you know, a, a contract signing standing on Becky's head again or anything cool like that. But, it, you know, people are going to care and it's going to be a good match. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of saying baby steps, but the reality is that's how this company works. The division is, was so broken. Yeah. That... And it ain't fixed yet, but it's better. No. It was so broken that that was all they had. Women are hormonal. Women are crazy. All women secretly hate each other. Uh, Yep. And so, like, to at least have a feud be like, we are competing because we all believe we are the best. I'm completely down with that. And if you're not down with that, I've got two words for you. Lucha Underground. Um, I think we're done running through the... Yeah. Um, so, Lucha Underground. Um, last week was Aztec Warfare. Yes. And this week, well, was the fallout of having Matanza in his wor- first week as champion. <laughs> and all of the goings-on presented there. And if you don't mind, could you go ahead and start running this down while I'll take a quick break? Sure thing. Thank you. Be right yeah. back. So, uh, basically, the show opened up with a lot of people arriving at the arena. Overall, this was a bit more of a wind-down show, kind of moving the different plot lines ahead. So, the pace was a bit slower than normal. But the upside to that was we got an absolute ton of Dario Cueto segments. So, that is never going to be wrong in my eyes. So, speaking of, uh, the very second segment was Dario in the ring talking about uh, a opening up a new trios tournament. And the other thing is to determine a number one contender for Matanza. His brother, the monster Matanza Cueto. Pentagon Jr. showed up and announced that he wasn't in the uh, Aztec warfare, but he definitely made an impact on it. So he stepped up to challenge Matanza. Dario disagreed until Pentagon threatened to break his arm, at which point Dario gave Pentagon Jr. a shot at Matanza's world title. Opening match was uh, the crew defeating Mundo and Taya after some interference from Cage, Cage being pissed off that Mundo cost him his spot in Aztec Warfare. So kind of an odd finish because... The crew are sort of turning face because they back walked away from Chavo a couple weeks ago. 
The next uh, segment was a genuinely creepy bit with Marty the Moth talking about the history of the Moth tribe and how they were a tribe known for their wealth but also their brutality and the Mask of Mariposa. And Mariposa was always the most fearsome and brutal fighter they had in the tribe. And now that mask belongs to his sister. He had this big storybook, leather-bound book in his lap. They, huh. And, uh, well, they panned back and revealed the book pages were empty. So it was very, very creepy. Interesting. Yeah. Following that, Katrina was a little... Dario proposed an alliance with Katrina because they have a lot of mutual enemies. There was a trio's elimination championship match with the Disciples of Death and uh, Angelico, Ivelisse, and Son of Havoc. Uh, the champs retained. And Dario, this was the second segment <laughs> featuring Dario drinking booze. I guess he has a lot on his mind. Uh, Mysterio was there. He was quite pleased. Dario denied that Dragon Azteca was killed by Matanza, which is... Even though we know. No. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, so Matanza had nothing to do with Dragon Azteca's death. So uh, Dario basically proposed a truce and uh, basically leave the past in the past. They had established that uh, Dario's father had done some bad mojo involving uh, Dragon Azteca. They they initially had an alliance, and then things kind of fell apart. And But basically, yeah, it was, uh, it was a neat little segment establishing some backstory and moving things forward to explain why Ray and Azteca Jr. would still be there. Okay. Now... Where has um, Black Lotus been? Uh, she was actually standing outside the door during this segment, or the segment oh. with Katrina. But Katrina's a ghost, so she just popped in without as Black Lotus noticing. Okay, so Black Lotus was there. Yeah, she was standing outside the office door, but mm -hmm. Katrina just appeared inside the office. Gotcha. So, yeah. Let's. She's the one who killed Dragon and Stack. Yes, she did. Uh, that that was she wasn't established for that shot. She was established for the angle with uh, Merit, Katrina, and Dario. Okay, so got it. Uh, one cool thing that happened in the trios match was Ivelisse like knocked the crap out of Katrina. So that might be a sign that she's going to start getting a more physical role in the show rather than Why just being just a scary disappear? ghost. I don't know. Is she becoming more corporeal? Could be, because she lost a lot of her power by losing the titles, etc. So she could be losing some of those abilities. Okay, so wait, the title actually gave her physical power? I, no, she's lost the titles. Right, but... I don't know if that's the case. I mean, wrestling kind of has a history of the, power, the belts having power, like whether it's oh. over the company or... In this case, a little more supernatural. I get you. Yeah. Huh. Um, let me see. Uh, Take yeah. your time. Basically, Sexy Star got kind of squashed by uh, 
Mariposa. So, but they've established Sexy Star is freaking terrified of Mariposa, so I'm okay with that. Uh, Marty and Mariposa took out the Mac, who was accompanying Sexy Star. It was basically a squash match. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, uh, let's see. The Then it was the uh, main event title match, and Matanza defeated Pentagon very quickly. Virtually a squash, again, but hmm. much better. Like, much more part of the story, just continuing to establish Matanza as an absolute beast. He even no-sold a lung blower. What are your thoughts on... on- putting him over that strong over the guy who is your top one or two face. Honestly, like they've been building up Matanza for a year and a half. Yep. And part of the storyline has been needing the seven tribes to unite. So it kind of makes sense that he would be this strong right now. And to have it be like par- like even booking right now or even really competitive would do would undermine the mystique they're building up with Matanza. Now that the monster's out of the box and they have to make sure he stays an imposing force. True, true. I just I don't know if you I mean there are two minds to this, right? It's you put him in with Pentagon, who is the big scary guy. Yeah. And then he destroys him to establish him as the true big scary guy. Mm. And then there's the thought that how's Pentagon going to get it back if you job him out so hard? And I can see both sides of the coin. I think Pentagon could get it back without much of a problem. Maybe. Yeah. It's hard to take a loss that bad. But after the debut Matanza had, and this is a company that's clearly telling a story. Yeah. So I have faith in the writing that it will work out. As opposed to WWE, where they can do a pretty good debut and then immediately loast it up within a two or three weeks. True that. So in this case, Lucha Underground has like has never failed to reward my faith. Sorry. So what you're kind of getting at with the Seven Tribes thing is as they unite mm-hmm. or whatever either people will grow in strength able to challenge Matanza or Matanza's strength will wane. One or the other, yeah. or both. Or they just, and, they unite and take him out as a group. Ah, I see. So it's very ambiguous. And, like, I really like this part of the story because it feels like a story. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons I don't mind Matanza being booked so strong. I get you. It, uh, it's, it's, yeah, no, I kind of get that now. That makes sense. I'm not the biggest fan of that sort of thing necessarily, but if they do it right, then they do it right. Yeah. And as I said, the company knows what they want to do. So I'm inclined to give them that leeway. Whereas with WWE, I'd be like, ugh. (laughs) But Lucha Underground is better at telling stories. So Matanza destroys yeah. Pentagon. Uh, destroyed him. He was. It was a stretcher job. Wow. Yeah, Vampiro went over to check on him, and so uh, then Vampiro got laid out a bit, but 
not he got beat up a little bit, but nowhere near as bad as Pentagon. Mm-hmm. So I wish they'd beat up Matt Stryker. Mm-hmm. There's wouldn't you like to see him throw around Matt Stryker? You know, it's there's a funny fan theory that Matt Stryker only exists to Vampiro. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of like it. Cause we got to see that one develop. People like people talk to Vampiro, they yell at him, they do this and that, but nobody acknowledges Striker. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So he's like he's like the uh, the janitor from Scrubs, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. Initially, in the uh, early seasons, nobody spoke to him. Right. And it was well through season one. No one ever did. Yeah. And then it was a stat like it was the writers came out and said that he was initially going to be a figment of uh, JD's imagination. Yeah. If they didn't get a second season, they were going to reveal in the final episode of the first season mm-hmm. that he was all imagined. Yeah. And that would have been fine. That would have been quite fine. But then we wouldn't have gotten the uh, yeah They're... really good first couple of seasons of Scrubs and then the absolute awful middling middle and then the good end. Yep. And that would have been sad. Mm-hmm. What a weird tangent this was. Yeah. Scrubs, decent show. Scrubs, decent show. So what a decent show Scrubs was. Really, really, when it hit, Scrubs was second to none. Yeah, like when they did some of their drama, like, oh my yeah. god. My screw-up remains one of my favorite episodes of television ever. The one where uh, Cox's brother-in-law dies, mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Yeah, hell of an episode. Strong. Oh my god emotional yeah. good show that that was a good let's let's do a scrubs cast all right no not really oh. i don't like it that much okay we talk about a couple of, we'll talk about good a couple show of, yeah, yeah we should it was a good show it was a pretty good show mm-hmm. sometimes uh so we've kind of moved through all the uh the main stuff yeah. so let's go ahead and get into our last little topics here take it away with questions and then yeah old man flurry can go to bed mm-hmm. so first off diva's division rebranding you have some thoughts on this. They uh, There's a report that came out that after Mania on Raw, in fact, the Monday after WrestleMania, they have a new belt, and they're rebranding it the uh, women's division. Yeah. I am couldn't be happier. I do take it as a sign that uh, Shane will win, because that would be a great explanation for it. Interesting. It would be fantastic. I mean... I have always hated the Divas term. It's just a step up from calling them the bitches division. I mean, what's a diva? Difficult to work with, kind of unstable, like... They could, Vain. Yeah, they could have called them a harridan, you know? Like, that actually would that have been kind of a like badass name, but... The harridans. Yeah. The harridan division, I swear, Kath. The Herodans, you could do the Valkyries, you could do, like, you could have kind of a badass mystical name. Mythical. Yeah. That would be... Or you could just call them women. That's yeah. good. Again, that's fine. But, like, it's so funny because, like, superstars implies, like, there's some kind of special level. Like, exactly. not everybody... You could have a star, but you can't have a superstar. Mm. And so... Like, that, would, that name always implied, like, some level of eliteness and... That they were special. Divas was just like terrible from the yeah, start. It, it's like these women are predominantly focused on their beauty and their stardom, and mm-hmm. 
not on their wrestling. I will I will always maintain like TNA got the best name for the Knockouts uh, is a pretty cool name. It yeah. works on a lot of levels. Yeah, I'll always just prefer women. Yeah, women is fine. It's certainly a step up from Divas and yeah. like I said it would be cool if like that was one of Shane's first first moves was like renaming the Divas sure. division. I'd be down with that. Yeah. I, I, no problems here. Yeah. Um, so good job, WWE, if indeed this is a true report. Eight. You fought it kicking and screaming for about eight years. Yep. And now finally you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Don't tell you. Don't say we don't give you props when you deserve them <laughs> by doing the thing that you knew you always should have done. Yeah. Parody booking and when it's appropriate. This is our final topic yeah. today. So parody booking has, you know, obviously a bad rap these days because it's generally done to be lazy. It's generally bad. And I feel like it's becoming a term as overused and un- misunderstood as burial. Buried? Yeah. yeah. So when is, Kath, when is parody booking okay? Or maybe even more than okay. Good. The right call. I think if you're going to build up to a story with it, if you're going to yep. lead into some kind of big match or even a series, like a best of five, best of seven, those have had a great track record in wrestling of producing some fantastic matches. Mm-hmm. And so I think if it's part of a good story, the parody booking can work. True. When it doesn't work is like a lot of these modern WWE feuds where there's no escalation. There's no escalation, there's no stakes, and it's there's never a deal made out of it at all. Yeah, It's just, it's your turn. I mean, there was a random uh, Page versus Summer Rae match, and Summer Rae won. And the announcer said, oh, maybe this puts Summer in line for the for contendership for the Divas title. It's like, okay. Never followed up no. on it, ever. But yep. a stake, you know, speculating. Right. So, but it, it's that follow-through. Yeah. That makes it the difference between, you know, empty words and, and working. And parody can be fine when it's like, hey, here are two guys looking to break out and they're they're 50-50 and these guys over here are 50-50. And then finally, one of them wins, you know, against all three of them. And it's like, this guy is really starting to break out. And the parody was what kind of kept them all in the same conversation. And then the follow through is he starts winning more. Yeah, and if you use it as a tool to break somebody out. Mm-hmm. That's fine, you know, when you have that buildup. If you're using it as a mechanism to get one person over and or even to showcase the loser as well. Yeah. You know, a good set, like a good parody feud would let both guys or both women showcase what they can do. But honestly, it should be a lot more about the winner. Yeah. And if you're committed to somebody, but you're not quite ready to pull the trigger, it can be a great tool to sure. draw to get some attention on a person. Yeah, and you know one of the really big problems they have is how they run in place, mm-hmm. and they have you know <clears throat> okay, I mean take a look at this AJ Styles and and Chris Jericho, they've already traded wins, you know. Yeah. AJ Styles, a new guy who is, before even made TV, with no pre-hype vignettes at all, was 
massively over and is still getting some of the biggest reactions on shows every week. And they already not only had him lose, but they had him engage in his first feud as a parody feud. And of course, he was probably going to win the rubber match at Mm -hmm. WrestleMania. But why are you not seeing what you can get out of this guy? It doesn't make sense for him to do it. Now, when you're slotting someone a little lower, you know, when you have, oh, I don't know, throw out a name, Dolph Ziggler, right? And you're not trying to do anything with him. But the thing is, there's a difference between just running in place by having him trade wins and telling a story with the loss and how it leads to maybe his next win, how it leads to the next loss, something like that, rather than just going, well, Dolph Ziggler won on Raw, mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler loses on SmackDown, Dolph Ziggler lost on SmackDown, so he's going to win on Raw. And Or, you know, okay, say he's feuding Kevin Owens. Dolph wins the first match. Owens, you know, attacks him after the match, which leads to Dolph losing the second because... He's got an injury. Mm. Hey. There you go. Matches that uh, things in the next match follow from storylines and, and matches that preceded and it. And there would that would give you a reason to have a replay prior to the match. Like, And please have the announcers run down this shit and talk about how, wow, last week Dolph Ziggler pulled off a huge win on Kevin uh, Owens. Can he make it 2-0? and If he does, does that mean he's going to get a title shot? But that dastardly son of a bitch Kevin, like, attacked him post-match. Exactly. Yeah, they. one big thing they're also not doing is they're not giving faces out, you know, outs for their losses. Yeah. You know, and that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, strong mid-carders need outs for their losses. It makes... You know, rooting for them easier when it's like, well, he was injured. Well, he's got his ribs taped up. Yeah, he got. You know, that's one thing I kind of miss. Like they did it on Raw this week with Roman and the Dudleys, but the backstage attacks. Mm -hmm. And I liked those before the match, even. Yeah. Like that seems like something Kevin Owens would be all about. Yeah, you know, I'm really frustrated that the majority of heel interference is entirely the babyface's fault for, you know, falling for, because it's a guy comes up and stands on the ramp, mm-hmm. and the face just turns and looks, and then gets like, O'Connor rolled. Do you get a, do, are you expecting him to pull out a gun? Like... <laughs> or a t-shirt cannon? Yeah, or if, it would be great. It'd be great if, like, they had that, like, Owens goes to stand on the ramp, Dolph flips him off and goes back to his match. Right! Like, you know? Uh, that, that that's not I mean that's not germane to the conversation really I guess but that's always been something that just aggravates the shit out of me because talk about castrating a face yeah. you know nothing's worse than look the only thing worse than losing without an out is losing with a negative out mm-hmm. by it being your fault exactly and that seems to be the loss du jour for faces for the past ten years or more yeah so anyway parody booking is, generally speaking, neither a good thing or a bad thing. Like most things in wrestling, it's how you use it that matters. Exactly. So, shall we go ahead and get into the questions here on our final show before WrestleMania? Yeah. Do you have any? I do. Do you? Yes. You go first. You want me to go first? I do. All right. Okay. I'm not going to ask the ones where you're also being asked. Uh, Striking Yak, remember when you were going to do the podcast biannually or something? Why did you cross that border and why? (laughs) Uh, I love that. That was gibberish. Thank you. Striking Yak, go to bed. You are clearly exhausted and have forgotten English. (laughs) What the fuck was that, Yak? I had to fave that. Mm -hmm. 
I don't ever remember saying we were going to do a biannual podcast, by the way. I think, like, very early, like, episode one or two. We talked about, like, maybe every couple of weeks or maybe every month. Yeah. Which does not classify as being biannual. You're bi about a lot of things, but annual isn't one of them. Not one of them. I always like that that's a misquote, but we just go with it. <laughs> Slapnuts asks, who do you want to see in the AR Fox Open Challenge at CZW? Nick Gage. Brian Adam Cage. Pres- well, that would actually be pretty good, too. Um, Flashy McFlash asks me, most Gober slash least Gober of the announced people in the Cruiserweight series. Well, the most in Gober, he's not announced yet, but we know he's in it. Sombra, I think he's not announced yet. Mm-hmm. But who's the most Gober of all the people announced? Who do you think, Kath? Ooh. Who's most Gobered? I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, it's There's so few in entrance that it's tough to choose. Ask me next week. <laughs> let me check the rest of it. let me pull up the uh the people in it real quick um gnome dar rich swan zack saber jr champa gargano oh gargano i love he could be gobert yeah yeah akira tozawa he's definitely not gober i like zack saber i do too i in fact like all these people especially ho ho loon who no one knows and i don't either but i love him ho ho loon your favorite yeah yeah, absolutely, already. Other than La Sombra, of course. Uh, Shane Bleffy asks, book a CMLL slash AAA three-on-three basketball game? No. Uh, Chewy Bitums, did I get it right that time? Asks, can Kath do an 80s-style wrestling promo in her voicemail voice? <laughs> well, the obvious answer is yes. But will she? Will you cut a quick promo here for Mr. Chewy Bitums? Sure. In your yeah. soothing voicemail voice. Damn, eighty style. Cut a promo on him, on, on Chewy Bitums. Hey, Chewy Bitums, this is Kath. Just wanted to let you know that come Sunday, I will destroy your hopes and dreams. I will leave you a shattered, broken mess on the canvas. As you stare up at the lights, you'll just wish you could go up into them, because I will have completely destroyed you. You have no hope of winning, and I will eat your soul. Thank you. Bye-bye. Striking Yak asks our fi- final question, mm-hmm. which is not a question, yeah. so Just, never mind. Okay. Alrighty. Give me some of your shit. Okay. What will be the average age of the winners at WrestleMania 32? And will- 69. All right. There, there's your answer, headbutt stoppage. And the average age for Mania 30 winners was 31.45. No shit? Yeah, quite young. That's a young... Huh. So we got to get some oldsters getting their wins Absolutely. Because we got to get up to 69. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Alrighty. So, I... Be- what, is that it? Yeah. I think I'm getting called in to work. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right, well, I guess that's as good a time as any to end it. So, Kath, thanks for joining me, everyone else here. Hope you enjoy WrestleMania and all the festivities. And we'll be back next week running it down. Woohoo. Goodbye for so now. So long. Goodbye. Bye. Bye now.